comedy, spaghetti, and a silent auction at the Caliph Shrine on Friday, October 13th at 5.30 p.m. Doors open at 5. Call the Sheridan Dog and Cat Shelter to get tickets at 307-674-7694. Presented by Mountain Works Entertainment and Dines Chiropractic. Donna, I'm so happy to be here and to see you. Had I known that that was our last summer, I never would have left, but... I have a feeling you didn't make this invitation, did you? I kept asking Sophie, does your mother know? Honey, honey, you're absolutely right. I mean, knowing me, knowing you, this meeting would never have happened. But I am excited for you to see Mama Mia at the Y.O. Theater. Oh, I know, me too. I totally remember you as the dancing queen singing Night After Night with Donna and the Dynamos. You three were more than hardcore. You were super troopers. No joke. Too bad we never made any money, money, money with that gig. Oh, well, I guess that's just the name of the game. Well, honestly, thank you for the music. We really had a great run, didn't we? We did. And now we get to see it in action with Mamma Mia at the Y.O. Theater. October 14th is the premiere performance with encores October 15th, 19th, 20th, 21st, and 22nd. Can't wait. Seriously, I have a dream about this almost every night. At least one of us is going to get what we want. Oh, you mean tickets? I think a lot of us are going to get those. All you have to do is go to yotheater.com. This week on The Real House Pets of Sheridan and Johnson County. Oh my god, look at her. Just because she's a purebred, she thinks she can get away with anything. Uh, she is such a I mean, she's a female dog, so... Enter a photo of your dog in their most dramatic moments on The Real House Pets of Sheridan and Johnson County. And win prizes valued at $300. Winner is by most votes. So tell your friends. The Real House Pets of Sheridan and Johnson County, presented by Mandy Coltisco with Century 21 BHJ Realty and Appliance Max. The Total Store remodel is underway at Legacy Diamond and Gems. They are open at a temporary location, 17 East Lauk Street, between P.O. News and the Chocolate Tree. Legacy Diamond and Gems will continue their full-service jewelry and watch repair and personalized custom designs from their two graduate bench jewelers. You can also set up an appointment to view inventory from other departments. Legacy Diamond and Gems will reopen soon. In the meantime, visit online at LegacyDiamondGems.com or stop by 17 East Lauks in Sheridan. Are you tired of dealing with complicated bank switches? At First Federal Bank & Trust, we understand that where you bank matters and switching to the right bank should be a breeze. Introducing ClickSwitch, your ultimate solution to hassle-free direct deposit transfers. With ClickSwitch, we automatically move your recurring direct deposits from your old account to your new account. It's simple, safe, and takes just minutes. When you bank with First Federal, you're not just a customer, you're a valued member of the community. We take pride in living and working right alongside you, contributing to the growth of our local economy. First Federal Bank & Trust, member FDIC. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. I'm Floyd Whiting. According to the Wyoming Governor's Council on Impaired Driving, more than one million drivers are arrested in the U.S. every year for impaired driving. One third of those drivers arrested for drunk driving are repeat offenders. And every day in the U.S., 27 people die from drunk driving crashes. This morning, I am joined by the Chief of the Sheridan Police Department, Travis Coltiska, and Captain Tom Ringley. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Floyd. Floyd. Now, over the years, we've talked about the department's efforts to prevent impaired driving. Can you remind us why these prevention efforts are so important? Well, 
Drunk driving is one of the most dangerous situations I think our community faces. We have a very low violent crime rate, but uh, drunk driving through the years has remained relatively steady, and meaning that our, our arrests remain relatively consistent. There's ebbs and flows for different reasons. But if you look at um, statewide statistics, I think, it, and, and these numbers are, are older, but in 2021, we had uh, 13 homicides in the state of Wyoming. At the same time, we had over 30 DUI fatalities. Wow. So, uh, and, and those are, I'm ballparking some numbers. I yeah, know 13 yeah. on homicides, but, I'm, but the DUI fatalities were triple homicide rates. So everybody, you know, thinks what's dangerous and, and violent crime is absolutely dangerous. And we focus on that. That's one of our, our things we always look at, too, is our violent crime rate. But DUIs are, it's more dangerous to, the, to our public than violent crime. And, and so it's important for us to focus on something that is a danger to the community. That's one of our core values, core functions is public safety. And the irony is when we're holding, or more like when people are failing to hold themselves accountable during a DUI arrest, they ask us if, if, why we aren't out solving homicides. <clears throat> our view is that we're presenting, preventing a death yeah, or, absolutely. or multiple deaths. And I mean, you are out. Uh, you know, solving homicides if, if that's what you have to do for the day. Yep. Uh, it's not like that's not what you're doing. The DWUIs are more prevalent than, uh, thank God, than anything else uh, like a homicide, something horrible like that. Not that the DWUIs are not horrible. They're absolutely terrible. They're 100% preventable. Correct. And the biggest risk to our community members. Yeah, absolutely. So it's absolutely the probably the number one thing that uh, a PD should focus on, in my opinion. Now, uh, how important are the prevention uh, techniques? Uh, what, what techniques do you use as you go into something like this where it just ha it's so prevalent? Uh, it's almost overwhelming yeah. sometimes. Yeah, um, the, the n number one technique is presence. We um, analyze where we're making DUI arrests and where DUI crashes take place, and not only where, but also when, what, what days and what times of the days, or in this case, night. Uh, and we have um, high visibility enforcement in those areas. Um, Trying to deter people from getting behind the wheel. If they see a, a police car and they were thinking about driving impaired, that side of the visibility that's present, deters that individual from making that decision to get and, behind the wheel. And, and in line with presence, <clears throat> we contact, uh, we make ourselves visible before people um, either get behind a wheel or hopefully before they're intoxicated to the point, or sorry, where they've consumed enough alcohol to the point that um, they shouldn't drive. If you're intoxicated, you absolutely shouldn't drive. And that's in the form of uh, downtown foot patrols and bar walkthroughs. Um, this is not um, an effort to scare people and harass the bar owners it's there are various reasons we conduct bar walkthroughs um one is we are agents of the licensing authority so it's up incumbent upon us to make sure the bars are safe um to uh prevent violent crime we have that presence to prevent fights breaking out and three um and these aren't in this in order of priority is the have that visibility so that if people people know we're working and um that they should make uh, alternative plans to get home if they've had too much alcohol. Absolutely, and and a lot of these alternative plans to get home. I mean, it's uh, somewhat of a, a kind of a gimme that we should all be following. Just make sure that you're 
You've yeah. got yeah. a way home. They're, they're not really alternative plans. They should be primary plans. And primary plans. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked yeah. about it many times about yeah. different methods for, for individuals to find different rides home. And, and there's plenty of opportunities and plenty of options in Sheridan for that. So there's really no reason that somebody has to, quote, has to get up behind the wheel of the vehicle to get home. You know, and Chief, there's always this perception. Uh, oh, well, the law is parked outside. Uh, they're harassing us uh, just by <laughs> sitting there. You, you see what I'm saying? Well, I mean, yeah, people have that perception, but it's the idea that, yeah, they're parked outside to you know, prevent you from driving so that they don't have to go stop you, go through the routine, and take well, it. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, a, a DUI in general is not fun. It's time-consuming. Usually you're not dealing with somebody who's happy about being in the back of your police car. There's a lot of work involved in a DUI arrest. But I will do that a uh, hundred times over the one, or actually I've had to do it multiple times where I've had to knock on a door at two o'clock in the morning and tell someone their loved one was killed in a drunk driving accident. Yeah. I've had to do that multiple times, and, and anybody that doesn't agree with DUI enforcement, they can go with me yeah. next time, or and, one of my officers. And, and, and also, especially this year, and this is anecdotal, I would say at least 30% of our DUI arrests are a result of concerned members of our community calling in Absolutely. drivers that they perceive to be in, that may be intoxicated. Yeah. That, that's a huge amount, and it shows that this is not only our, a priority of ours, but it's a huge priority of the communities. And, and, and you ask about prevention efforts, what we're doing right here today is one of them, and, and hope the education of the community, the, the identification that is truly a problem. And we've got some great partnerships in the community, not only with just the community members, but with those uh, the, the bars and the liquor establishments. You know, we do the tips training, develop those relationships, prevent over-serving, um, also, you know, empower individuals who are working these establishments to know that they can call us as a resource those are all part of the prevention efforts for, to, to prevent somebody from making a, a fatal decision to get behind the wheel when they're impaired and it is a, a fatal decision every time you sit behind that wheel and you're impaired you're making the choice that you getting home is more important than any life that you're going to come in contact with from here to there uh, that's you might not think of it that way but that is the conscious decision that you're making and uh, so if we if we were to take a step back, how have DWUI enforcement efforts been this year? Um, they've been in, in line with the, the five-year trend in general. Um, to date, of, well, actually through um, the end of September, we've made 75 DUI arrests. Um, this is down from the average of 106, which is the average uh, to date um, from 2018 through 2022 um we're happy with this number although um a, a little bit but a little bit of it it's due to staffing we've had um a lot of training going on yeah. um, uh, um everything to include um getting uh, sros trained the um school a lot of it's school safety firearms instructors so that's only held at this time of year um but we would hope that it's also due to people making better decisions. I mean, that's r roughly a 25% drop. So um, it, it, w there, there may be reason to be optimistic about it. It still seems like a lot in recent weeks, we've, we've seen three, three to four a week. Wow. I, I think what is concerning, the most concerning, is even though our numbers may be down a little bit, the level of impairment of our drivers is not coming down. Um, you know, by statute, you're presumed to be impaired if you were a 
BAC or higher. Our average is right now is twice that. It's a 0.16. We've been as high as a 0.18 for wow. average. So we're not talking about drivers who had one too many. We're talking about drivers who have consumed an extensive amount of alcohol and gotten behind the wheel uh, that are double the presumed limit for impairment. You know, not, and, and that's that's kind of a, I think it's important for the community to know that, that, that these are highly intoxicated individuals that are behind the wheel, not just the one that's, you know, a little buzzed. Yeah. And, you know, the, the campaigns that buzz driving is impaired driving, it's true, You're, it does, you know, but um, we're talking, the ones we are arresting are, are highly impaired. From our perspective, it all, or I'll speak on my perspective, it almost seems like there's some effort to get that intoxicated. And I remember, and I think it's something every new officer does, is um, you go to a barbecue or whatever, not driving, um, get home safe, but we still like to pace ourselves um, in case we get called in. Um, both the chief and I have been on since probably our first year here. We've been on one type of status for another to where we've been subject to calling. Um, so you have a beer and a glass of water and a hamburger and a beer, and you know you kind of feel like you've had a few. Um, get home, get out the little portable breath test we all get issued as a new officer, <laughs> and you're a point zero two, um, which is well below the, the legal limit. This is after you know alternating water, alcohol, food. And um, time, time so has it, it really makes me wonder how people get a 1-6 and have no idea that they're too intoxicated, which tells me that they know. Yeah. And, and, and they're just gonna roll the dice and hope they don't hurt someone else um, or themselves. And we don't want anyone to hurt themselves, but also think about the people that work hard, save up for a new vehicle, maybe not brand new, but it's the best they can do, and it gets hit by a drug. Yeah. I, I, I would be livid. Oh, um, or, or worst case scenario, they kill somebody else just because they're out rec make, making it. it. It's a selfish decision, it um, is. which may not go over well with some people listening, but it's a fact. Yeah, I would I would agree with you 110 percent on that. It is a selfish decision that is made by the individual. You're choosing to get behind that wheel. I don't care how drunk you are. Yeah. When you decide to do it, you're making that. And, choice. and, and people know a topic mm. we've touched on. In regards to education, is that people know you, you're not allowed to commit homicide. Yeah, people people know that. There's no great education program telling people not to kill each other, um, or theft. It's same, a little yeah. mind blowing that we have to still tell people you don't drive. Everyone knows you can't drive drunk, but I think what we're really trying to do here is remind people of the worst case scenario. The outcome is that you could kill someone else. Mm -hmm. um, you could kill someone's parent, you could kill someone's child, or you could, a, a family could be killed strictly because you can't walk, walk home in Sheridan. I mean, no, no, nowhere is really more than three miles. Yeah. That's, that's an hour walk. Or you can get a ride, you can make plans, but people are choosing not to select an alternative and just to roll the dice and drive. I agree. It's an absolute selfish decision. Now, in your time uh, on the force both of you been there for I think over 20 years now has the attitude of the community around DWUIs changed yes I, I believe it has I mean in, in even going back further you know it was uh, the perspective that why can't you just give them right home that kind of used to be the community you know just some of these drinking and driving give them right home to now that the community expectations are, yeah, that it is uh, something that they, they should be arrested for and they should be 
charged. I've seen much more public support. Not, that's not everybody. Don't get me wrong. There, there are still some individuals who believe that yes, it's important to maintain a uh, enforcement attitude towards it, but they think that they have made comments that maybe it's overzealous by the police department. I disagree, but um, you know, for one, Captain Ringley pointed out. We don't have the staffing to focus primarily on that alone. We, we have other calls for service. We've got other things that we're dealing with. Um, even when we did have adequate, you know, well, high level of staffing, we still have other things to deal with. But it, it remains a very um, important thing to focus on because it has been, or to, to uh, always um, be a part of our enforcement activities because it has been a, a problem and shared. I mean, we've had years where we've had as high as, 230 DUI arrests in a year. Oh, well, it's almost one a day if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and so those were, but but and now that I think the numbers that we're seeing less numbers. Yeah, I think staffing's part of it, but I think we are seeing much more community support for, and and understanding that it. We all, we all, we're all in this together. Let's work together to address this problem. When we do uh, community outreach and community surveys, um, this is always one of the top three issues uh, people want addressed in, in regards to uh, threats to the community. And I would like to clarify, I'm not giving an opinion on people. I'm not saying these are bad people. These are regular people making horrendous decisions. Yeah. Well, I'll call them, it's called imperative yeah. for a reason, for a reason yeah. right? Yes, sir. It impairs your judgment. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a decision, but I think, you know, it's, all, there's some impaired judgment there. So yeah, it doesn't make them a bad person. It just means they made a bad decision. A bad decision while they were drinking. Mm -hmm. Something that uh, seems to go hand in hand uh, throughout history. All right. We're going to have more with our chief and our captain of the Sheridan Police Department right after that. Stick with us. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE. 103.9 FM, Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the American Legion Drum and Bugle Corps will be receiving these funds per random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment. Member FDIC. Donna, I'm so happy to be here and to see you. Had I known that that was our last summer, I never would have left. But I have a feeling you didn't make this invitation, did you? I kept asking Sophie, does your mother know? Honey, honey, you're absolutely right. I mean, knowing me, knowing you, this meeting would never have happened. But I am excited for you to see Mama Mia at the Y.O. Theater. Oh, I know, me too. I totally remember you as the dancing queen singing Night After Night with Donna and the Dynamos. You three were more than hardcore. You were super troopers. No joke. Too bad we never made any money, money, money with that gig. Oh, well, I guess that's just the name of the game. Well, honestly, thank you for the music. We really had a great run, didn't we? We did. And now we get to see it in action with Mamma Mia at the Wild Theater. October 14th is the premiere performance with encores October 15th, 19th, 20th, 21st, and 22nd. Can't wait. Seriously, I have a dream about this almost every night. At least one of us is going to get what we want. Oh, you mean tickets? I think a lot of us are going to get those. All you have to do is go to wildtheater.com. 
Your search for office supplies starts right here at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Hi, Kurt Smith here. We've stocked our office supply department with supplies that meet your everyday work challenges. Our online store at SheridanCommercial.com where you can explore and discover exclusive deals and compare prices with a few clicks. So whether you prefer the in-store experience at 303 Broadway or the digital office store at SheridanCommercial.com, the Sheridan Commercial Company and office supply store is your partner open seven days a week. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Hi, this is Ada Kirvin with Sheridan Memorial Hospital Foundation. I want to remind everyone about the importance of cancer screening and early detection in the fight against this disease. We hope you will come out with your family and friends and join us at beautiful Whitney Park on Saturday, October 21st. The link partners in pink. All proceeds this year support patients at the Welch Cancer Center through the Foundation's Comfort Care Program. See you on the 21st. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. I'm Floyd Whiting. We should know as a community that buzz driving is drunk driving. According... Oh, we may be experiencing some uh, technical difficulties. Let me switch microphones. One for each side of your face, sir. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Get Floyd in stereo. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so this morning I am speaking to the chief of the Sheridan Police Department, Travis Koltiska, and captain of the force, Tom Ring. Now, uh, according to the Wyoming Governor's Council on Impaired Driving, an average drunk driver drove drunk 80 times before they were arrested. Captain, can you explain to listeners what a BAC is? Yeah, it's um, it's actually a for the nitpickers out there a BRAC. It's, it's which stands for, I refer to it as BAC as a colloquialism, but it's breath alcohol concentration, and it uh, how much alcohol is in so many milliliters of your blood, um, and the NTSB determined years ago that. Um, Actually, it, it was a 0.10% was the legal limit in the last, is it 30, yeah, 30 years 30 or so, years. maybe 40 years? They've recalibrated everything, and it's 0.08%. Um, so um, it's the tool we use to gauge uh, alcohol consumption to where it's um, one would be guilty. It's a per se crime. If you're at a 08 then it's assumed that you're impaired. Um, and we corroborate that. We, you know, people often see us um, administering a portable breath test in the field. Um, those in Sheridan, at least, they're not calibrated. That just gives an officer an idea of where they are. But where we, we can really tell whether or not someone's impaired is through the standardized field sobriety maneuvers. Um, those are validated through years of testing through a huge um, uh, test sample um, by the NTSB. So if we see so many clues of um, on, on a walk and turn or a one-legged stand, um, then we can presume that they're at a 0.08. Now, if we were to take a, a look at 0.16, which, uh, you know, Chief, you said this is what we were picking people up on. Uh, what amount of 
alcohol. And I know this is kind of an anecdotal thing. But what amount of alcohol is going to get me to a point one six? This is a six pack of beer. A- well, there there are many factors that contribute to your to your blood alcohol concentration. Uh, a a person's body fat percentage has contributions. Their overall size. Um, there's there's many factors that that can contri- that can contribute to um, what a person's BAC. So. How how much it takes a person to consume to reach that level is you know varies from person to person, but to get to a point one six as the captain indicated earlier and he's absolutely right is you you have to try <laughs> you have to make a, an effort to do that. Um, you're drinking you're, with you're intention just, at that. Yeah, point. Yeah, you're not just having you know and and the body dissipates alcohol at an average of a point zero one five percent per hour. Um, so, as you're consuming alcohol, your body's also dissipating it at the same time. And so, if, if a person just goes and you know has a beer an hour, it's going to dissipate relatively at that rep. So, you're, somebody is, you know, making an attempt to become inebriated to to get to that level, and they've they've succeeded when you get to a point one six. Like one of those situations where you you know you've had enough, but we can get a couple more shots down there. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm uh, I'm an alcoholic myself, and uh, I've been in that situation where I knew, oh, you're beyond. Yeah. But we're gonna do another shot. Yeah. Um, and and it just drives you up over the edge. If so, if the average BAC for a DWUI arrest is 0.16 for the year. Does that mean that it's okay for those who are, you know, buzzed to just get behind the wheel? This is this is a gimme. That's an absolute no. If you've had one, you've had too many. Yeah, it's it's really, I mean, there are a lot of people that go out and have dinner and have a drink with dinner and and we don't want to discourage that. But it's got it's a it's a judgment and a choice and and people know. You you know you should have that in the back of your mind that uh, if you even have to say i wonder uh, or should i the answer is no yeah i mean it's it's a no-brainer at that point um if that's in the back of your mind and and have people been arrested at a point zero eight or just above it absolutely um they but again somebody who is at a point zero eight who maybe has never consumed alcohol before is going to be very impaired as opposed to somebody who is what we consider, you know, your your classic alcoholic who consumes alcohol on a daily basis, they're going to show the same level of impairment potentially. You know, we're talking reaction time and balance and all the stuff that goes along with that. At a point one six, or actually, we've seen them at point threes and higher. Wow! Which wow! They were actually functioning relatively well at a point three. Um, so yeah, that, that takes a lot of consumption of alcohol. It, it, it's weird talking to the people that the. the the functional alcoholics who live at a point three, because um, they're relatively normal in speaking to them. Um, I mean, they, they smell of alcohol, of course, but once they start consent and then start uh, participating in the field sobriety test, where you can really see it's going to show yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I like to clarify: we are not telling. Sheridan's got some fantastic places to go out and eat or to have a drink. Uh, we're not discouraging people from. Go drink as much as you want. I don't advise it, but that's your prerogative as an American adult um, over the age of 21. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have to slide that one in there. Yeah, yeah. But, but just 
make plans to get home safely. That, that's all we're advocating. Make good decisions. That's all we're advocating is just make good decisions beforehand. So the decisions are already made. And then go have a great time. Do, do whatever you want within the parameters of the law. Um, but just do it in a safer manner. Yeah, my wife's pretty lucky. Uh, I don't, got a DD. <laughs> she's got a DD no matter where she goes. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of that same thing when uh, every once in a while she will come over and uh, hang out with some friends and coworkers. And she knows I got to get home. So she doesn't drink when she comes over by herself. Even just one is, is too many, you know. Now, according to the Sheridan Police Department in 2022, the state average for public intoxication arrests to total arrests was 15%. For the SPD, it was 15.4. That's that's very minor, isn't it? Um, not only is it minor, it kind of dispels the, the myth um, that we're arresting people for walking home drunk and we have nothing else to do. Um, yeah, but, that, was another, but, that was another part of the, oh, well, I, I don't want to, I yeah. can't walk home. I got to drive my car home. I can't walk home or, or I'm going to get arrested for a public intox. Yeah. Not true. Yeah. It's, a, it's a myth. It's a rumor. It's bar talk so to speak so yeah it yeah. kind of all dispels all that we're right in line with every other community in the state i mean if you're drunk and you make the decision i'm gonna go ahead and walk home yeah uh unless you're stumbling uh off of the curb into the street bothering people along the way or causing massive disturbance you'll be left alone yeah. to walk the, the, home the origin of the the uh, public intoxication um ordinance was in the disorderly conduct section, meaning it's something that it's a crime against order. Um, and which is basically not only can you not take care of yourself and, you, um, and we're trying to protect you from falling down or going to sleep in the cold, but it's also something that the rest of the community doesn't want to see much like a fight fighting in public was under the disorderly conduct ordinance because people don't want to see it. Um, and that, that, that's where all that comes from. But also, you think about it, I would much rather take, be arrested for public intoxication than get behind a wheel and even dent someone else's vehicle, or my own vehicle, for that matter. Yeah. Because that, that the fine for uh, <clears throat> public intoxication is far less than the uh, raise in your insurance rates or killing somebody. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's, it's a pretty simple rule uh, and, and kind of a... A belief here in Wyoming, you know, have a couple drinks, you make yeah. the decision to walk home while you're walking home, mind your business, I, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, don't get yeah. involved in anything you don't need to get involved in. I many, I, I countless times over my career when I was on patrol, I would see somebody walking home and I'd pull up and say, Hey, you're doing all right. And they're like, yeah, just walking home. And all right, where are you headed? They say where they're headed and they're walking in the right direction. And all right, have a good night. We'll see you later. You know, thanks for walking. Yeah. I'd happened countless times. Um, and and it, it continues to happen that way. Now, I've also come around a corner and seen somebody passed out half on the curb and half on the sidewalk, like out cold mm -hmm. from alcohol consumption. Uh, they're a danger to themselves in that position. That's when the PIs, the public intoxications, get arrested. When there's a danger or uh, to themselves or there's public disorder to to a level of of concern for the for the community, that's what happens. And just the person who's had a few too many and makes a good decision to not get behind the wheel, you don't get arrested for that. And once yeah. again, a lot of our reports come from members of the community um, calling in someone that, <clears throat> excuse me, someone that they're concerned about. 
Well, I've, I've run out of time, and this is an issue that uh, demands, uh, you know, much more time. And so I'm, I'm sure that we will cover. It's uh, part of our agenda. I can't remember what month. Yeah, it's in rotation. It's in rotation because it is an important issue. And remember, folks, this this is 100% preventable, and it is the largest risk to the Sheridan community and its members. Captain, uh, just real quick, what would you like to tell the community in regards to DWU? Um, I think the biggest change is the community's really changed its outlook from it being a rite of passage. The rite of passage it was 20 years ago, kind of a boys will be boys, to where people do perceive it as a legitimate threat and probably the number one everyday threat to public safety. Chief? You know, I'll just reiterate that, and I think that uh, I want to thank the community for their support of, of these efforts that we've undertaken over the years and, and those that do call in and, and see that being a danger and recognizing that and, and having the fortitude to call us. You know, that, I thank, thank you to the community. Thank you to those establishments that we partner with to combat this problem. Keeping the streets safe. Thank you for coming in and speaking with me this morning about this uh, issue. One that affects every community. Thank you. Thanks, Floyd. All right, we're going to be speaking with the mayor of Buffalo when we return. Stay with us. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE, 103.9 FM, Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 cash in a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the American Legion Drum and Bugle Corps will be receiving these funds per random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment. Member FDIC. Reagan Day Dinner, Saturday, October 14th at the Ramada Plaza Convention Center. This year's theme is Let Freedom Ring with guest speaker, United States Representative Harriet Hageman. The reception starts at 5 p.m., followed by dinner and live auction beginning at 6. Reception tickets are $25 each and dinner is $75 per person. Get your tickets today online at SheridanCountyRepublicans.com or call Judy at 307-752-7705. The Total Store remodel is underway at Legacy Diamond and Gems. They are open at a temporary location, 17 East Lauk Street, between P.O. News and the Chocolate Tree. Legacy Diamond and Gems will continue their full-service jewelry and watch repair and personalized custom designs from their two graduate bench jewelers. You can also set up an appointment to view inventory from other departments. Legacy Diamond and Gems will reopen soon. In the meantime, visit online at LegacyDiamondGems.com or stop by 17 East Lauks in Sheridan. McDonald's restaurants in Sharon have the opportunity you've been waiting for. They're looking for enthusiastic open and closer crew members starting at an impressive $17 per hour. At McDonald's, Larry Starrow and the crew are all about helping you reach your goals. Open and closer crew members are the heart and soul of McDonald's success. Ready to join the fun starting at $17 per hour? Go online to myhire.com or stop by any Sheridan McDonald's location to pick up an application. Shop, donate, volunteer. Hi, it's Brad from The Restore inviting you to spring into fall savings. We have unseasonably hot deals on furniture, appliances, yard and garden, and everything you need to get your home ready for cooler weather. But wait, there's more. When you shop at The Restore, you're not just saving money, you're also helping Habitat for Humanity to build homes right here in Sheridan County. Literally, the more you shop, the more we build. 
Come see us. Open Tuesday through Saturday, 9 to 5. New location, lower prices. The Restore, 44 Fort Road. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, presented to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. We had some technical difficulties, but uh, we had old Steve jump in here, get it all figured out for us real quick. Now, for the second part of our show this morning, I am joined by the mayor of Buffalo, Mr. Shane Schrader. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. My friend Floyd, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I don't really mind the weather that we've had the past couple of days, but this morning it no. is a bit chilly. How's it doing over there? It's chilly. Um, you know, I got my hoodie on, but, you know, hey, pumpkin spice season, here it comes. <laughs> it is here. It is here. We're, si- we're finally starting to see some of these leaves change. Do you feel that... Uh, Due to the extended spring that we got this year, do you feel like summer went by pretty quick? Uh, you know, I think, well, this is my kind of weather that we had this year, so I enjoyed it. But, yeah, I think it's extended a little bit, and, you know, it's still green, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is amazing for me in this in this part of the world that it's still green, but it's good, and it's going to go from green to orange rather quickly, I think. I think so, too. I think the fall's really going to jump in on us here. Uh, boy, seasons have been changing just seemingly overnight when they do decide to arrive. And and speaking of green, recently there's been some uh, contention regarding some trees on Main Street, sir, over there in Buffalo. What mm-hmm. is that about? Well, you know, a Main Street Project 2024 was coming in, and there was, um, you know, concern some adamant concern that the trees were going to go away. And, you know, as you saw in the last couple of council meetings, the trees aren't going away. So it's, they're going to stay and it's going to be all fun and exciting and, and the trees stay. So <laughs> you're going to brighten up that town, right? Exactly. And so the ultimate decision was these trees are going to stay. Uh, was there ever uh, a, a discussion of them being taken down? Well, I think, you know, part of the discussion was if there was some that were, you know, if there was any chance that it was tearing into infrastructure or caving in a, you know, a foundation or whatever on in that area, and it's causing lots of damage, then, you know, that decision would have to be made at that time. I don't think there was ever discussion that all the trees were going to be removed. I think it was, you know, looking at a tree-by-tree basis and where does that particular tree sit and is it causing, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of damage in its in its wake. And I, I could I could see where the council or, or engineers were coming from on that. We've all been walking down the sidewalk when we come across a maybe a larger tree who's decided that the sidewalk shouldn't be where uh, we put it and it's lifted it up. I mean, that can't be cheap to replace uh, every year. And I can only imagine if it gets uh, the roots wrapped around some sort of water line or utility line. I mean, that could really cause some damage. It, you know, it, it can, and it's, you know, it tens of thousands. And, you know, if it takes out somebody's foundation, then it's hundreds of thousands uh, to repair. But, you know, trees will stay, and, you know, if, and we'll, we'll go from there, and we'll deal with it on a case-by-case basis as needed in the future. Now, sir, we are in the month of October. 
the month of monsters and candy, uh, something that I look forward to out there at Buffalo every year, that Monster March. We're having a Monster March this year, correct? Correct. And it's, you know, we have the Monster March, and we also have Trunk or Treat. Um, And I just think it's really cool and fabulous this year that it's on Halloween. So Halloween's going to be a dentist nightmare in Buffalo this year because, you know, from... From about 3 to 4-ish, or excuse me, about noon to 3, you know, down at Meadowlark School, you know, all the ambulance departments and the police departments and all these groups and organizations go down there and they set up in the school parking lot and they hand out candy for the for the littles. And then it goes into Monster March, which, you know, you've been here for Monster March for a few years and it's just candy mayhem down main street you know just hundreds if not thousands of little ghouls and goblins running around from store to store you know collecting their candy and it all happens on halloween this year so they get to go from trunk or treat to monster march to to the neighborhood so i think our dentists need to get ready <laughs> better up the game get the seat ready you know yeah. uh, when i was working over there at the bulletin um monster march was probably everyone's big favorite event of the fall um all the kids families i mean some of them do such a fantastic job on their costumes i mean it's just oh. a photographer's dream did you was you here for the headless horseman that rode down Main Street a couple years ago? I was not there for that one. I think that happened just a little bit after I had gotten this job. Yeah, yeah. So somebody actually dressed up as the headless horseman would ride up and down Main Street during the monster march. <laughs> cool it was pretty is wild. that? Now the it, the it's FFA have has got something going on. Um, I know I I didn't mean to cut you off there, sir. Uh, no, that's fine. What what is the haunted hike that I'm hearing about? So the Haunted Hike is the revamping, and, you know, our FAA chapter down here is absolutely amazing, and those kids can come up with some great ideas. But the the Haunted Hike used to be the Haunted House that used to happen at the Bomber Mountain Civic Center. And since the weather's been nice, they've actually moved it out onto the trail system. And so you walk down the trail, and they have all their different stages of their haunted what used to be the haunted house now it's the haunted hike along and it starts at the train and it goes down the trail system and goes all the way down the trail and loops up back by uh, the senior housing in the senior center and then they put you on a big hayride trailer and bring you back down to where your cars are and it's absolutely amazing and those kids are wonderful and it's like an amazing fundraiser for the ffa chapter it absolutely is. And so is this something that's going to continue on? Uh, have they had discussions with uh, the city council about that? Uh, is the old haunted house at the Bomber Mountain Civic Center kind of gone the way of the dodo? Well, it's, you know, it's a safer to have it out on the trail system, you know, and they have more opportunity to do more things out on the trail system. And, you know, they sell hot coffee and, you know, little bake sales to go along with it. And I went last year. Last year was was kind of the inaugural 
you know, a haunted hike, and I had a blast. I I enjoyed it so much. I went through it three times in one night. <laughs> That's fantastic. It was just, you know, it's it's worth it's well worth the money that you donate to the FFA to go to go on their haunted hike. And you know, again, these kids are just, you know, they they knock themselves out to make this production a success, and they make it a success. Yeah, and all those funds are going to a fantastic cause, our, our Future mm-hmm. Farmers of America organization, which uh, is extremely active in this area, uh, something that is an absolute point of pride uh, for our region. Now, another decision that uh, has been made, um, and, and I, I'm afraid I didn't keep up on this, uh, how long did you talk about getting body cams for the Buffalo PD before that decision was ultimately made, sir? Well, um, Chief Bassett is, you know, he's a go-getter. There's not much grass growing under his under his work boots. Um, and he's been working on this, and, you know, him and Sheriff Odenbaugh have been working with it together and their teams uh, to get this accomplished. And so we just got awarded the grant. And so, you know, by December we're hoping to to have our body cam program up and running. It's already, you know, got the blessing of legal and, and everybody. And we we were so positive that it was going to happen that, you know, we'd already worked during our budget session to get our match of those dollars put into the budget. So, How much was that? Um, so the grant was 24000 that we got, and we have to match that twenty-four thousand, but we can pay that twenty-four thousand over a three-year period. So, I mean, it's it wasn't breaking the bank by any means, but it's budgeted in, and it's a great program that just works phenomenal for for PD and so many different situations. Now, when it comes to these body cams, do we have a timeline about when these are going to arrive, sir? Um, you know, Chief Bassett, you know. Council when he briefed council on it was you know he's hoping you know first part of December. So not very long at all. I think that's fantastic. You know, in in many different places, body cams are becoming an absolute standard. Uh, I, I know that the Sheridan PD over here has had body cams for a number of years, and uh, it is those cams have come into play multiple times, and so I think it's a fantastic tool for PDs and and a fantastic practice for PDs to just make that mistake. Have that camera on from the second you show up to the second you leave your duty. Exactly, and you know I think with. I think it'll just be part of the administrate or part of the uniform now, but that's what it what'll be in the future. Um, it it works, you know. It's not just to protect the the individual or the officer. You know, it's so much more than that. It's you know, it's what happens is what you see on the camera, so it can come into play in a million and one different reasons. Absolutely. Have you started to see quite a few hunters arrive there in Buffalo for the season? There's there's a lot of camouflage and a lot of orange. Um, you know, it'll be rolling out from archery season into, into rifle season, firearm season. So we'll see the camouflage go to the orange, and, you know, we'll see where... I haven't ta- had a chance to talk to any of the processing plants yet, you know, bighorn meats or Purcells to see what they what they have coming in yet. So 
we'll see what's what's happening. I know a couple of hunters have seen one really big elk come through that, you know, just the rack itself filled the entire pickup. So, now how important is the hunting community to Buffalo? That's huge. Um, you know, it's it's you know it's tourism. It's you know sportsler. You know, it's kind of their their season. And, you know, it's the hotels, the motels, the guide services, the restaurants, the, you know, the taverns, the bars, you know, everybody, everybody makes some, some money off the hunters and it's, it's a good program and I like to see it happen. You know, I used to be a pretty avid hunter myself and then I got old somewhere along the line and decided climbing up mountains wasn't, wasn't my thing anymore, but it was you know it's a it's a great process and you know financially it's good for for the tax base in buffalo now sir i know you're not uh, uh involved in uh too much of the process when it comes to businesses that uh, kind of shift around over there in buffalo but uh, as the mayor uh, do you happen to know what's going on between some of these gas stations downtown and uh, some of them on the outskirts. It seems like there's been some construction or or some changes going on. Do you know anything about that? Well, one one of our, you know, major busier uh, gas stations sold and it's under a new um, ownership and so not quite sure how that's all working out. I, I, I'm guessing that's what you were alluding to. Yes, sir. Um, uh, so it's just under new ownership, and you know they're in the process of, of the growing pains of of new owners, and it's all working out. It's good. You know, one company moved out, and one company moved in. And so there's just going to be but, a bit of a transition. Yep, a transition period that goes along with with any time you have, you know. Everybody was used to it being called store A, and now it's getting used to being called store B. And, you know, the employees have to switch around, and you have to be, you know, used to, well, I had my rewards program with that one, and now it doesn't work. So there's just those small, you know, work-throughs, but it's kind of moving I, forward. All part of progress. All part of the progress. Yep. Well, Mr. Mayor, I want to thank you uh, for calling in, taking the time to give us an update on what's going on over there in our little city of Buffalo. Greatly appreciate you, sir. Lots of fun and exciting things. It's always fun and exciting in Buffalo. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Share it.
Are you tired of dealing with complicated bank switches? At First Federal Bank and Trust, we understand that where you bank matters and switching to the right bank should be a breeze. Introducing ClickSwitch, your ultimate solution to hassle-free direct deposit transfers. With ClickSwitch, we automatically move your recurring direct deposits from your old account to your new account. It's simple, safe, and takes just minutes. When you bank with First Federal, you're not just a customer, you're a valued member of the community. We take pride in living and working right alongside you, contributing to the growth of our local economy. First Federal Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Attention food lovers, you may have noticed there's some road construction happening out in front of Frackleton's, but don't let that deter you from enjoying culinary perfection, because there are six public parking lots within walking distance. Here's just one. North Brooks behind the sports stop is just 320 steps from Frackleton's. So just park your car in one of these nearby lots and you're only a short stroll away. So don't let a little road work stop you from savoring the best flavors in town. At Frackleton's, fine food and spirits. Your search for office supplies starts right here at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Hi, Kurt Smith here. We've stocked our office supply department with supplies that meet your everyday work challenges. Our online store at SheridanCommercial.com where you can explore and discover exclusive deals and compare prices with a few clicks. So whether you prefer the in-store experience at 303 Broadway or the digital office store at SheridanCommercial.com, the Sheridan Commercial Company and office supply store is your partner, open seven days a week. Let's talk about tires. Think about snowy, icy roads ahead. Now, think about your current warm tires. How safe does that make you feel? Luckily, Midas Tire and Auto has their best tire sale on brands like Cooper, Hankook, and Toyo going on this month. Buy three tires, get one free, and up to a $100 rebate on select tires. Midas also has big savings on shocks and struts. Preparing for winter is critical. Saving money is optional, but Midas makes it easy to do both. Getting and keeping you safely on the road. Midas Tire and Auto in Sheridan. Remember when your mom used to say, don't break your arm, patting yourself on the back? Well, if you ignored her and broke your arm, then the Health Nut is the place for you to get all healthy again. Every inch of the Health Nut can make you feel better about yourself. The soup, sandwich, and salad bar, and smoothies so good you'll forget you even got a broke arm. Remember how your mom used to say you'd forget your head if it wasn't glued on? Well, we can't fix that, but most everything else at the Health Nut in Sheridan's 5th Street Mall. Ladies, you know that one thing you've been dying to try but don't know how to get started? Well, I'm here to help. This is Candace Crane, General Manager at Sheridan Honda and Power Sports, and I'd like to invite you to check out my podcast, I Want to Do That, Women Helping Women Explore the Outdoors. This episode, I chatted with motorcycle enthusiast Kate Marr about her transition from riding on-road to off-road and why the challenge of learning dirt bike riding was one of her proudest accomplishments. I Want to Do That is sponsored by Can-Am and will be available wherever you get your podcast. 103.9 FM is News Talk 930, KROE, Sheridan.